Hello friends and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're going to be sitting down with Tyler Wolf of the restaurant Olivia. He is the sommelier for Chef Chris Pont, very talented up-and-coming young man. But what we really wanted to do was showcase the restaurant industry as a whole. It's taken quite the beating during the COVID-19 crisis, and he is talking about the adjustments that they've had to make as a restaurant to make people feel safe. That's something that we're going to constantly have to adjust and move and and kind of continue to grow on. But he does a really good job of explaining how they are making people safe and what they're doing and the extra steps that they're taking. We really enjoyed the conversation and we enjoyed talking with him and we blind tasted and that was really fun and really hard and we had a great time. We hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Buddy. Cheers, Anthony. How you doing? Good. Very good. We br- you brought a guest. I did, and today is uh, something that I'm very excited about. It's something that when we started this podcast, it was the very first thing that I wanted to do, uh, and it's bring in some local sommeliers, and this is someone that I think is probably the most talented in the area. Uh, I, I firmly believe it. He's young. He's, uh, he's I, I don't know that he's got a chip on his shoulder, but he's running like a bat out of hell. And I think he might be the top psalm in the area. Big props. This is uh, Tyler Wolf. He's from Olivia. He is uh, formerly from Cafe Pont, but he is, uh, I would say, Chris Pont's prodigy. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? <laughs> we're, we're doing great. Now that I gave you this big lead in. I know. It's I'm, kind of hard to follow up here. I'm like, thanks for having me on. Do I say that? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, it works. I think that it's important to kind of stay loose, kind of stay yourself. And uh, and I, I worked with you for a long time, and I think you're a rock star, and I think that uh, that you being on this platform is is perfect. I think you're in your element in the wine world, and I think something like this is, is definitely your element as well. Well, I appreciate the compliments. <laughs> I mean, that's a big setup and very nice of you to say. But, yeah, I just – Working at Cafe Pond as we did, I mean, you taught me a lot. I learned a lot, and I feel like there's always a wealth of knowledge in the wine world, and it's even better to be shared. For and sure. It, yeah, now you're at Olivia, the new restaurant. Well, Correct. Not, I mean, how old now? Maybe uh, six months? Yeah, we opened at the end of November. Yeah. And so, then obviously we closed for a little while, but yeah. How has that been? Uh, you know, I I've spent my life in the restaurant industry uh, as a sommelier, but since all this has happened, I've come over to retail side. I don't even. What is the restaurant world like right now? Yeah, it's been it's been really weird. And the other thing is, it's been day to day, week to week. So things have changed. Uh, the comfort levels of people are different. You know, we're working in an industry where. It's it's people it's people orientated. Without the people in the restaurant, we don't have anything. So, when people don't want to be next to other people or they feel concerned, I think right now, we are just trying to make them feel as comfortable as possible. We we separated all of our tables. We removed fifty percent. Uh, we're sanitizing hands at the door. We are sanitizing around the clock for any bathroom doors or anything like that. All of us are wearing masks. We're having the guests wear masks when they get up and walk around. So, at this point. You know, we're still busy on the weekends. We're busy, but we're at 50%. We want to make sure that everybody who comes in feels comfortable, as comfortable as you can be sitting in a restaurant where, you know, eventually you will take your mask off Yeah. to sit down and eat. It's a tough thing to be in right now, right? I mean, people don't realize the margins that restaurants run is extremely low. And to take, you know, a couple of months off, that's detrimental. 
you know, Chef has been at it for a long time, and, and he knows what he's doing, and, and this is a new venture for him. So he kind of rolled into this with some steam. I mean, he, he was packing the house every night, but even at that, an automatic shutdown is, is very intense, uh, and he's someone who's tenured. Imagine someone who just opened a, a brand new restaurant. I mean, t- uh, tensions are very high right now. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. We are, I would say, blessed in a bit way. Feel very lucky because our restaurant is still full. We're able to keep our staff on and make sure that they still have a job in an uncertain environment. But um, we'll I have to say that a lot of restaurants, small, you know, small businesses and single-owned restaurants are struggling. They said eighty to ninety percent of them will just close and close for good. And we're in that category. We're not one of the big, big outback or big restaurants like that so it's, it's about survival right yeah there's it's, not multiple right and he's he's very uh big and well known in the area and and he's a a very well decorated chef but at the end of the day he's not one of these big chains that has a multi-billion dollar corporation behind him it's a, it's a scary thing for everyone I think. And we have a lot of customers that you know would, would frequent caf you know cafe pont and we have uh, have you know friends that are good friends with chris and um you know not everybody knows you know, not everybody's been to all these restaurants, right? They, they don't know. So one thing, too, for anybody who doesn't know, where is Olivia at? Okay, so Olivia is in South Tampa. We're a mile outside of um, Hyde Park Village, so we're right off of Henderson and Swan. Mm-hmm. There's a three-way intersection there, Henderson and Swan. And we're off in our own set, restaurant standalone, um, parking lot, valet, off to the side. It's right outside of the of the more crowded area of Hyde Park, but we're right by Dale Mabry, right next to the entire um, housing district there. So a lot of people tell me all the time that they just could walk to the restaurant. And like days open, what days? Yep. What, what, what hours and days? So we're open right now all seven days. Um, we're open five to nine on Sunday and Monday, and then the rest is five to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, we even brought like reeled in our hours a little bit. Less people were going out late, so we noticed. Uh, less of a late crowd um, before um, COVID we were till 11 o'clock on the weekends and we would see a lot of people come in fairly late 10 30 and 11 o'clock to have dinner which we, we just that was wonderful yeah so I do want to uh to switch gears just a little bit uh I love chef and he knows that and that is what it is but I do want to focus on you at the moment uh you are the reason we're here and and you built a a great list at Olivia. Tell, tell us kind of about that list, because I really like what was done, uh, you know, uh, Italy versus the States. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so when we first thought about the list, you know, being that it's an Italian restaurant, we were going to do just Italian wine. And for a minute, we talked about that. And we knew as we got closer and closer that there's no way we have to have American wine. You know, we live in America. The American wine is at the forefront for many people. And um, we had to do both. So when you approach Italian wine for a lot of people, it's kind of tough to understand. Not only is it a different language, I mean, entirely all the thing on the bottle is different language. And then the grape varietals are some that don't grow anywhere else, that grow naturally anywhere else where they don't have that much. So we did a side by side on the wine list. So when you look through the book, on the left page, you would have your Italian white wines. And then on the right page, you would have your American white wines. And then they would be they were um, categorized by body, so by the weight of the wine, light, medium, or full-bodied wines, and then categorized in those categories from lightest to fullest in each category. So that was to match on both sides. So say you 
drink Sauvignon Blanc all the time, and this is the wine you're very familiar with, but you wanted to try something Italian, you would find the wine that you like on the American side and go over to the other category where it would be a medium or a full, and then you could help kind of pick something that's going to be similar or at least have some similar style to it and not be completely shocked on changing it. That's, that's a brilliant idea. It's a great idea. Yeah, I I love the way that they set that list up. Yeah, I, I mean it a, helps a customer kind of figure out. Hey, I've never tried Italian wine, but I know I like this. Maybe right. this is kind of you know be in my style. Absolutely, I I couldn't agree more. Um, so I think you had a great idea. It was uh you know something really fun that we're probably going to uh, keep rolling uh, full time anytime we have a, a guest on, especially a sommelier, and uh, we're we're gonna do a little blind tasting. And I think this was something that was really fun uh, to, to introduce, to show that we're three people who probably taste quite a bit, um, and we, we've all blinded quite a bit, and it's still incredibly difficult. It's so hard. It, it's not easy. I'm not expecting to get any of these. No. <laughs> well, also, to be fair, we are in the middle of doing a podcast, and we've got a lot of things going on, but, <laughs> you know, and putting high-pressure situations, so... Tyler, uh, we're, we're going to try yours first, I think, and then uh, we can, you know, kind of continue this conversation a little bit, but this also helps fill the time. So let me ask you a question. What is it you brung? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good start. Good start. I think that this is, um, I don't think it's very old. It doesn't have much rim variation. I mean, a little bit. You're probably, I'd, I'd say you're within five years on this. Um And while we're tasting on your wine over here, why don't you tell us, um, he's got something else going on. He's got something really interesting in the works. Uh, and I believe that you're heavily involved with that as well. Yeah. Um, so since Cafe Pont closed, obviously, unfortunately, it's a sad day for us and Chef over there for 18 years. Um, we are now onto the new venture in Midtown, the Midtown Plaza. That's um, right off of Dale Mabry. That's up and coming and continued to be built this entire time. And we're going to be opening uh, the Pont over there in Tampa. Um, Chef wants to have, you know, classic French style cuisine. He's going to bring back the favorites like the mushroom soup that everybody loves so much from Cafe Pont and variations of that. But he wants to get back into that elegant, fine dining um, New York style restaurant and bring it to Tampa. So I am. Uh, I'm cultivating the wine list for that. Um, we're going to do something that's not just Italian and American. We're going to make it all over the world and starting with 300 bottles at a minimum and growing from there. Ever similar type of cuisine that he had at Cafe Pont, like similar? I Absolutely, guess, yeah. yeah. He wants to stick with that French-style cuisine. Right. You know, the bone marrow, the foie gras, the escargot, lobster bisque, your classic styles. But he wants to take his own twist on it because it's not going to just be protein on a plate. It's a fully composed dish. He wants the flavors. And that's one thing I just love so much about all the food there and for pairing with wine is there's so many layers of flavor. Like there is with wine. There's so many layers of flavor that he gets in food. So it just makes it so much. It's the easiest part of my job. Hmm. So, but how do you deal with that in terms of making a list? Yeah. What do you look at and what do you, what do you think goes well with that? Now, I know we've talked before. You and I have shared kind of similar ideas. There are some things that... You just have to put on a list, right? It, it's, you know, if you've listened to a couple podcasts ago when I was talking about some of the big heavy hitters, uh, you know, you just have to have them there. It's something that people come in and order. But when you get to have fun and you get to be a sommelier, what are you looking at? Yeah, there's there's a 
an ongoing joke about Assam making a wine list and it's if I picked all the wines that I like to drink in my personal time, I would never sell any wine. So <laughs> yeah, but we'd probably come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd have a whole bunch of Beaujolais and Burgundy Chardonnays <laughs> and things that are obscure and Aligote, things of that nature, not even Italian American, but you have to have wine that matches to the consumer. You know, I made a wine list, not for me. I made a wine list for the guests who are coming in the building and I want to have big names like Antonori and Camus and things of that. Those are what people go and they see in the stores and they're they're comfortable and familiar with buying. And that's one of the big parts of, of ordering off a wine list is comfortability. And the more I can make you feel comfortable about what you're ordering, what you're looking through, the better the whole interaction is. Yeah, the whole meal, the whole Absolutely. evening. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, I think that's a great idea that you come, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about the whole process of the guest enjoying their whole time. I always say, you know, customers come back, they come back from Italy. We, go, we had this great wine. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, and, you know, when I got it here, it didn't taste as good. I said, yeah, but you were sitting at the back of the winery looking through the, at the vineyards and, you know, the beautiful Tuscan countryside. You're with your <laughs> friends eating great food. Sometimes that experience yeah. makes everything just taste better. No Absolutely. So Well, it's definitely the environment, right? It's everything yeah. that, yeah, that yeah, brings yeah. you in together. It's the experience of the wine itself. Um, I always say that wine is very subjective to you as a person, right? So when you we talked before about, you know, sometimes these psalms will taste something and they'll, they'll you know, the, the uh, example they used in psalm was, uh, I think Ian said something about his uh, grandmother's purse or something. And, and Fred goes, what the hell is your grandmother's purse smell like, right? <laughs> but it's something that he can relate to. It's something that... Uh, I know when I smell this, it takes me to this part of the world. So it's probably that, right? So it's very personal to who you are. And um, speaking of personal, what do you think this wine is? 2012 Brunello. Ooh, that's that's a pretty good call. Specific. Yes or no? Uh, uh, no. All right. It so. is Italian. Yeah. So You got that barnyard right away. Yeah, right away. Yeah. It, you're certainly in Italy here. Um, I think that it's younger than 2012. I think we're within five years. So I'll, I'll say 2015, 2016. Um, I get some rose. I don't know that I get 100% Nebbiolo on this. I didn't get uh, the color of Nebbiolo. No. You get the color of Nebbiolo? Uh, I, I, I mean, think if it's Nebbiolo, it's probably Lang Nebbiolo. Um, but I, I could be wrong. It could be, I could be as far as uh, Dolcetto here. I mean, I, I think it's Lang that, region. Yeah, yeah. Could be. I um, that's also not right. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I threw you guys a bit of a curveball on this one, but this is one of my favorite wines that I love to showcase to people in the restaurant, actually, because it's surprising to them. So, this is Saseo Primitivo, um, twenty seventeen, ah. super young Primitivo, and uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's kind of fun to uh, have something like this. What's you know? the vintage on this? And by the way, uh, you can buy I, that at It's Fine Wines. It's delicious. Yeah, it's great. And especially for the price point. Like, I love getting people into this wine because they taste it and they are like, wow, wait, it costs just that again? And um, I'm pretty sure it's 2017. It's okay. pretty youthful. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, I didn't think it was very heck, old. We were there two years ago. I mean, come on. I should know this wine. But, <laughs> you know, as, for, as far as going to Italy and you know, everybody was testing it, Go to Abruzzo, go to Puglia, some yeah. of the best places in the world. Kind of, Tyler, let like explain to them Primitivo and how that relates to the U.S. Oh, so yeah, Primitivo, 
you know, is it's the the same grape as Zinfandel. It's the Zinfandel grape. So in the U.S., a lot of people, you know, love old vines in. I know there's a, a continuation with that, and even new Zin, the big jammy fruit forward. What we're used to from California with um, high alcohol, very concentrated, dark, high, you know, acid, lodi driven, full driven wines, full body driven wines. So. When people have a uh, Primitivo from Italy, there's a little bit more structure and kind of finesse. Um, Italian wines always have that bit of finesse in them. Yeah, I uh, I am such a huge fan of Primitivo. And if you come into our store, too, you'll notice all our Primitivos sit in our Zinfandel section. We actually have another section within the Zinfandel section. Uh, that way, uh, a customer can easily, you know, find a wine that is similar, kind of like what you're doing with the menu. It's perfect. But... Uh, you know, and we carry Primitivos, of course, that are, you know, super, super barrel aged and have this beautiful vanilla note, like because they're aging them in like new French. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the really traditional where, where you have neutral oak wines, you know, more of that Italian style. Well, I would have been really uh, embarrassed because when I was out there looking, I, I almost pulled Primitivo and Sassio is one of my go to's in that price range. I, I think... I didn't want to pull a $50 bottle of wine for us to taste <laughs> blind right now, but that, that could have very well been where I headed to. Um, I think that the reason why, and just for an explanation as to why we both went where we went, uh, we could pick up right away that it was probably Italian. Uh, there's some, <laughs> there's some, like you said, barnyard on there. I thought that it was, um, Lang Nebbiolo, I got some of the rose on there. You're right, the color wasn't there, but it was kind of candied. It was uh, definitely fruit-driven, and I didn't think it was very old, but I think, you know, putting... I, I didn't think it was something high-end Nebbiolo, but I thought it was probably candied Lang region. I thought it was higher-end. Yeah. I thought Dolce... So that's a good buy. Yeah, yeah that's well, what I a, love about it. Yeah. You know, when a wine drinks it outside of its value, mm -hmm. what you pay for it, and you're like, wow, I would drink that over some other 40 50 60 bottles that i bought 100 percent. and that's where you know quality is you can just tell like picking up this bottle heavier bottle thicker glass they care about what goes into it for sure it's just a great fun wine that a lot of people <laughs> don't drink so anthony's wine's confusing me a little that bit. look that you're giving me right now i mean it's just uh i mean i'm i'm leaning towards american but the color isn't sending me to italy a little bit um, the nose is a tricky one as well. You're playing with us today, huh? I thought that like, it I'm, would be a fun one to play with. I hope I didn't bring the same one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you could have. Anthony. Did we bring the same one? Is this wine American? I don't know, is it? <laughs> my guess is I'm going to say it's American. Okay. I think it's not American. Okay. Yes or no? I one of you's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is Italian. That's why he's a song. <laughs> <laughs> it's Italian. It's Italian. I mean, is it is it Nebbiolo? Mm -mm. I want it to be. I think this is key, like uh, Sangiovese. Oh yeah, you got you. That's there's a good some guess. tart. Yeah. There's some it's a tart. tart. Yeah. But maybe not. It might have. Uh, it has a. It's a clean lightness to it, a Nero de Avila feel with that Sangiovese. A Nero de Avila is kind of. I do like that. The route I'm, I want it super light at first. I wanted to go. I wanted know, to keep it light and fun. Yeah, once he had said Chianti, I was just like, 
No, yeah, that is, that is a great guess. <laughs> but how how fun would that be if I just brought I know. Chianti? Is it poor is Chianti it, for the Italian psalm over here, right? <laughs> is, uh, is it is it is it a Chianti? It is not Chianti. Oh dang! What the wow. hell is he doing I know. To us? I know. And it is Italian. This is one that I. It is Italian. This uh, is one that I grabbed because I love the price point on it. I love the price point that this grape gives as a whole mm -hmm. i think it's very yummy and it's often overlooked on a wine list hmm. are, you, are you gonna give it up yeah is it nero diablo it's not nero diablo i was like just tell me i almost went negramaro too and uh, i didn't do that yeah, i want to make it a little easier easier yeah sure what i brought barbera what am i doing <laughs> i think barbera to me is oh, one of the beautiful. most food friendly wines out there i think that it works so well on a wine list but so often is it overlooked unless you are running it by a uh, and a perfect example it was overlooked here uh it's nice and light you can run it on a by the glass program and people will probably grab it because it's probably going to be decently priced. I offer a by the glass. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's so funny? You guys both brought uh Zonin family wines. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug, plug for Jim. Shameless plug. They do such a great job. Wow, they do, they do. Barbera right. is one of my favorites as well. Um I always like to describe it as the pizza wine at the restaurant. 100%. So you know, big jammy has some great acid to it. But it's not going to be too overwhelming. You can have a white pizza, red pizza, and it's always delicious. Um, talking about uh, plugs here, shameless plugs. I just started a wine class at Olivia. Thank you. Um, I know I did. I'm rushing you guys into it, but I started a wine class. Um, chef, we were wanted to find a way to bring more people in and try wines that were especially, uh, you know, Italian and American side by side. So we were two weeks in and. I have to say we're lucky enough to already have all um, seven of eight weeks sold out, which is awesome. But it's Huge. a side-by-side, -side, two whites and two reds, both Italian and American. And then the format is typically the grape being the same. Okay. And uh, week one, we actually did Barbera, um, one of my favorites. I did a Barbera next to a Pinot Noir. Beautiful. To showcase the similar, you know, you have the similar weight and light. They're both light-bodied wines, but then the acid and the earth that's driven with the Barbera and... I couldn't tell you how many people were like, wow, I love Barbera. So what yeah. I was hoping that you guys would call on this one uh, was going to be something like a uh, like an Oregon Pinot. A little funkier, you know. I, I, That's where I went. Beaujolais, maybe. Right. I wanted to go there, but it was too much, too heavy, maybe. And I'm, Unless I don't, it's like a Morgon or something, right? Yeah, I didn't expect you to pour a Burgundy mm. Pinot. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to go Oregon, but it was too old world for me. Yeah, I just, you're right stuck around old world it started old world and then stuck around yeah i couldn't get away from it maybe because of the saucio first but yeah for sure but i think you were right you picked up on the barnyard it, it, there's something about italian wines coming out of the glass you don't even taste them you smell them and, oh, yeah. and you know but where i you're headed. see i thought it was an italian varietal being done in the united states and that's I, what i thought i thought it just had that but again the funny thing is you know uh when you would you know, you said, uh, Tyler had said Chianti. It just sucked me right in. I go, yeah, that, that makes all the sense in the world. That could be Chianti, you know. Uh, but pulling the Barbera out, you know, again, this is a hard thing, folks. It's a hard thing <laughs> to do. 
blind tasting is so fun and everybody you know i have my own blind tasting group we've been together for gosh i think five years now that's awesome and uh and of course COVID has really slowed us down from getting yeah. together a whole lot and tyler and i are are pretty good blinding together yeah. we uh we've done uh the summit uh Turgusto in italy his has hit us a couple of times and tried to catch us uh uh, out of left field and we've we've nailed them i mean yeah. he's we've we've tracked them down a few times we've, we've surprised some people with the blind and yeah some days you're on some days with blind tasting you can be on it's like you had your wheaties in the morning and you just know what the wine is and you're hitting all the notes and um then some days your palate can be thrown off a yeah. little bit you know so there's it's some always... days i think i'm the best and then there's some yeah days I'm exactly like, why should i be in this business yeah. what am i even doing? wait am i am i a wine professional yeah. <laughs> so speaking of wine professional while we're tasting this uh we're gonna play oh. we're, we're gonna play a fun little game it's something new it's something do. new we're going to uh offer up two twenty dollar gift cards but only if tyler gets three out of five questions right this is something that's pretty fun we made it a little easier but uh I, I, I said right away, I said, we should make him hard. Tyler knows what he's doing. And he goes, well, we want to give out some money. So yeah. <laughs> let's make it at least Don't embarrass me out here. <laughs> okay, so this is 30 seconds. These are five questions in 30 seconds. You have to get three white in order for two customers to win a $20 gift card. It's a multiple choice. That they can use online only. <laughs> it's uh, No, they're actually, and I, you know, we made some of them easy, and one of them is really freaking hard. So, uh First of all, what is the varietal of Vouvray? Vouvray. One of my favorite wines. So Chenin Blanc is there the is. varietal of, of Vouvray. I love that wine on its own. The floral that it gets, I love that wine. It's great. That's one that gives me a hard time uh, in blind tasting. Oh, it's so. a trick, It's a it's complete tricky. trickster. Yeah, absolutely. Two out of three varietals, and really that's interchangeable now. There's some new rules over there. Two out of three varietals of Amarone. Yeah, so... Um, always it's going to be predominantly Corvina, mm -hmm. but they do have Rondonella in there as well. Mm -hmm. And then the third one, is that okay? All three? Yeah, Molinari? Sure. Yeah, Molinari yeah. as well. I love Amarone, yeah. you know, and that's a big Italian. When, when I get people coming to the restaurant, they're like, oh, what I drink from Italy? Chianti Amarone. So very <laughs> familiar with both. My dad's favorite wine. Love wine it. of Kings and the King of Wines. Of course, so that is if you're from, you know, that Such area. an age-worthy wine as well. Here, this one. Five, the five red varietals and two white varietals of Bordeaux. Oh, you got to put me out here, huh? So <laughs> we the, you forget he hasn't been working with French wines. I uh, know <laughs> I've been stuck with the Italian. So um, Malbec. We'll start with the reds because the whites. I'm pretty sure. I, I think I got it. Uh, Malbec, Cabernet Sauv, Cabernet Franc, which is my favorite grape. Merlot and uh, Petit Verdot are the five reds. And then the whites, Sauvignon Blanc, and then the other white is Semillon. Oh, look at this, folks. He's already got your three, <laughs> three ready. Just for fun, uh, three varietals of champagne. Three varietals of champagne. So one of my, the one that's always skipped, Pinot Meunier, mm. which I just love on its own. I when you get too, a man. Pinot Meunier on its oh, own. Oh, that's mm. the best. made 100% Pinot mm -hmm. Meunier from yeah. America. Uh, it's amazing. And then, obviously, um, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Yeah. Some it, of the great, um, perfect for champagne, which has been... Adapted across from Italian, so that's my one question is people tell me where's the champagne? I go, that's French. I'm sorry, we don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> but I have Francia Corta yeah, and you, American Sparkling. Which Francia Corta? I love Francia oh, Corta. Oh, man. Uh, and then the third, the last question, probably the hardest question. Yeah. If you get this, I'll give you a gift certificate. <laughs> 
First AVA in the United States. Oh, that's terrible. Um, first AVA. First AVA, 1800s, I believe 1850. Yeah, is it? It's still an AVA right now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's I. Uh, you got me. You got me stumped on this one. It's not. Um, not Sonoma. Is it Sonoma? No, it's not a show me state. It's Missouri. Missouri. Missouri has the first AVA. Wow, it wasn't even California. No. In the United States, first ever. Wow. So something I had to look up. I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, no, that's I mean, <laughs> when I that's an awesome go, question. What? Missouri? <laughs> that was a tough one. Uh, so uh, all you have to do to get these, uh, to get an opportunity to win these two uh, gift certificates for $20 to use on our, our new website is uh, email anthony at edsfinewines.com. That's anthony at edsfinewines.com. First two people to do it will get $20 gift certificates to the store online. Yep. And then that, well, that way we know, we know you've been listening. So uh, I have my wine that I poured for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tyler, I don't know about you. Uh, I think I'm getting more of a new world feel to this. Um, it's something that I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a lot of vanilla off of it. I'm also getting some candy. Uh, it's a thinner skin varietal. Uh, you can see right through it. I, I am thrown a little bit because I am getting a little bit of tannin structure there. I think it is a little more body to it. <clears throat> um, but it is thin skin. Oh yeah. It's a thin skin. Super variety. light, very easy drinking. I like that we started with my full-bodied wine first. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, definitely first. The and then we wine. went lighter. It's the yeah. opposite. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I got to say, although I do agree with everything, I want to say it's old world again. I think we went three old worlds. Okay. What do we think about that? I don't think, I don't think you're necessarily wrong uh, because it kind of – we don't know. No, we don't know. We only don't, Perry don't know. knows. It, <laughs> I only know. It gives me vanilla. I That's get it, the yeah. only thing. So it's like it gives me American oak on this. But I, I to me, it, it could be. It could even be Sangiovese. It really could be. Um, could be. But it's not. Mm. <laughs> that look tells me it's not. Well, it is, my friend. Is it Sangiovese? It San is Sangiovese. Yeah, of course. From where? New Jersey. What? what? Tomasello Sangiovese. That's why it's New World. Um, it's oh, <laughs> come on. What a tough one that was. That's why we're split. Yeah. I, I could. New Jersey Sangiovese. Yeah, right? That's delicious. Yeah, it's not a nice little wine. It's, I it's love such it. such a wonderful little wine. Nice, bright wine, you know, works with food. Great, great little wine. Yeah, but bottle. it's such a, it, for being a New World wine, it has the old world stylistically, for which sure. is beautiful. I think that's the Sangiovese. Yeah, yeah like, that's, that's the Sangiovese why I love itself. this wine because yeah. it is the best of both worlds absolutely know? i got the vanilla on it but i like you said i kept wanting to go back to old world but the vanilla was just there I pulling you back i couldn't pull <laughs> off of it but uh i it is thin skin i i couldn't call it anything like pinot noir i mean the tannin structure was just too much it was too in my face so i i thought san Giovese was i will tell you when my dad and i tasted this wine and we did it blind we both swore up and down we were drinking san Giovese, but we did not ever get we were thinking what well, sangiovese it's italy what is it sangiovese it's italy no it's jersey baby wow jersey so, baby so who would have known <laughs> you love it that's yeah. that's so fun you bringing out this wine really um obviously brings me back to my list so one of the other cool things that we do on the list is not only do we have light and medium and full on both sides but a lot of people tell me oh i only drink a certain grape varietal and that grape varietal is typically from one area and they don't try it but 
Sangiovese it's grown all over the world. So whenever people can find it, they'll grow it in small plots and use it as a blending grape. But even Jersey, going to Jersey to grow Sangiovese. That's so wild. It's wild. So, you know, but that's going to be American wine. So some people will say, oh, I, um, I've never drank Sangiovese from Italy. And I'll be like, okay, well, let's try Sangiovese from America. Or I typically don't like buttery, oaky Chardonnay. I hear that a lot. So I go, how about we try some stainless steel Sicilian Chardonnays that are fresh, crisp, clean, but have that same weight. Um, and eventually it gets them into those wines. Well, to touch on that, like my favorite thing, and let, we'll circle back to this. What is your favorite thing as a psalm to hear? Mine is without a doubt, if you're a white wine drinker, I don't like Chardonnay. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, it just it's classic. It gets me going. I it's, love it. And, and, you know, because it's the American palate Chardonnay. That's what's kind of, you know, our, our friends with the big oak and butteriness. And even I know what are some, one of them's named butter at this point. So right. yeah, um, that's what people think when they think Chardonnay, but Chardonnay is grown all over the world actually. And it's produced all over the world. South American Chardonnay, you know, South Africa, Australia, and they make great, great, great Chardonnay. Absolutely. Um, obviously Burgundy, everybody knows, but Chardonnay is grown in Italy. It's grown in Burgundy. It's grown in, it's grown in America. It's grown in Greece. It's, it's grown, grown in Greece. In, all over yeah. the place. It's grown all over the place. So they're all stylistically different. Everybody has different age requirements, different growing seasons, microclimates. You're going to find a different style of Chardonnay all over the world. And when people say, I don't like Chardonnay, I said, well, have you had this one? Have you had Chablis, my <laughs> Have you friend? had Chablis? Have you had something <laughs> with some acid and a little more backbone and not so rich buttery oaky? Um, and it really changes, changes people's perspectives on it. I think so. So, as, as a, a current psalm in a restaurant right now, what are some of your favorite wine pairings? Yeah, so we, um, we are a modern Italian restaurant. So, we, make, we have the old schools where we have chicken parm on the menu and um, Chef do, does a, we have a lobster piccata pasta, things of that nature. We keep the mainstays, but we want to be more modern and new age form of Italian. So, we have the rich flavors going on and there's always a lot of flavor going on in the dish and complex layers. So... When it comes to pairings, I love getting people into a wine that they would have never had before. Um, and that's really my job as a psalm. I, the goal is to say, hey, what do you usually drink? What makes you feel comfortable? And then let me take you out of that comfort zone. <laughs> and hopefully you enjoy it. And that's what I get with a lot of people is the pairing is the one that we make in the restaurant. So we go back to the Chardonnay. A lot of people tell me they don't like Chardonnay, but they want a full-bodied wine. So... I would send them over to Sicilian Chardonnay, so it has the weight to it, but mm -hmm. then it has some acid and structure to it, and it's stainless steel instead of oak. Or one of my other favorites to get people over from Chardonnay is Garganega. Yeah. So oh. Suave, I just love drinking Suave. It's super unique. It's it's in a class of its own. And um, we have Pierrepon, which, again, another wine that's in a class of its own. Yeah. 100 years, been making wine for 100 years. So. Um, I love getting people into that wine because it changes their perspective on what a full-bodied wine or white wine could be. And I think Suave is so underrated. So underrated. It's great value. It's good. It's it keeps the price to, down for us. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's It could be a little difficult to uh, push on a, on a wine list, but that's okay. That's what you're here for. And to, to teach people what Suave is. Absolutely. We just, uh, we opened a Suave last week that, uh, in the store. It's I mean, so awesome. it was so great and it it's had so some age to too. it and we're like, yeah, wow, yeah. what? This 10 is Ten bucks. Yeah. yeah. 10 bucks. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's hard great. to beat. Yeah. I'll tell you people on, uh, Italian whites are one of my favorite categories on the list is getting people into Italian white wine because 
Falangina and Vermentino and, Vermentino and Orvieto, Pecorino. Pecorino. Yeah. These wines are just beautiful, and they they show floral characteristics while also still carrying their own complexity across the board. And they're all done in so many different ways. I just and then they're so affordable. That's really so what it is. Affordable. So affordable. You can find them for seven, eight, ten, twelve bucks. Yeah. And they're delicious. Wines I think we sell more. Uh, mixtures of Italian whites, like more white varietals, than we actually do Pinot Grigio in this store. Wow. Yeah, which is I very think so. exciting. Yeah, it you is know? exciting. Yeah, if we can, if we could get everybody else to change their ideas too about other locations in the world, in that same way with white wine, uh, we're, we're making some headway. But um, everyone has their their wine, that one that you you're just not a fan of, whether it be personal taste or you know, we all have things that we don't like, and and for me personally. Uh, though it's an easy, it's water, it's drinking, it is what it is. It's it's Pinot Grigio. I think that there's, it it leaves me uh, with something to be desired. I think that it gets me there with minerality, and then just it leaves me with minerality. And I think that's something that's very easy to go to in the in the Italian white wine world. But uh, like you said, we have seen a lot. We've been, I mean, that little white Sangiovese. We're moving more of that Tons than of Tons probably of anything else. Yeah. We're um we're doing a lot of that. We're doing that little Orvieto that mm-hmm. John comes in and buys. We sell yeah. so much of that. I yeah. mean, it's it's an exciting thing to see. Satrico, a blend of Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and Tribbiano. Yeah, absolutely. Out of Rome or just outside of Rome. Yeah, Lazio, Lazio. region. Yeah. yeah, and that other little Poggio from uh, uh, Lazio region. Yep, beautiful. Great wines. Beautiful wines. I yeah. love Tribbiano. Yeah. That's a great one. It's yeah. a great white. Arnace as well. We could go on for days with yeah, the Italian wines. Yeah, That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so are you bring, available next yeah, week? Yeah, bring me back for that one. Italian whites. <laughs> <White. laughs> we'll blind some as well. Right? <laughs> a I almost showed up with a white wine today. I was going to do white, but uh, classically you have to do red. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Tyler, I, I can't tell you how excited I am that you were here today, uh, that we were able to connect and get this to happen. Um, again, Olivia, you can ch- say hello to him. Stop in. He's a, a blast to talk to. He'll be the guy who's uh, six foot five, looking like Elvis Presley, walking <laughs> to your table. <laughs> hey, thanks, uh, Anthony, Tyler. Again, thanks for coming in. Ben, thanks Appreciate for having me it. on. We'll, this is uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, you signed me up for the next one. So maybe we'll do an Italian next, one. Maybe we'll have like five psalms all at once. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. Uh, let's circle back to that. We are going to as soon as we're able to kind of get people back in the store. We are doing a uh, a fun little class where we're going to be inviting these psalms in to teach you a, a fun little uh, uh, educational program, and it's it's going to be really fun. It's in the works. It's called Sip Happens uh, Psalm in Person, and Tyler, I look forward to you hopefully being the first one on here. So. I look forward to doing it. All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And there you have it, folks. We had a great time today sitting down with him. It was a really fun podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. We're going to be doing a lot more of this, bringing in local sommeliers so you can hear what they're doing in their respective restaurants and how they're adjusting to the COVID-19 crisis. We're going to be doing a lot of interviews with winemakers. And don't forget, we have a Zoom coming up. Uh, It's going to be our very first Zoom tasting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Elizabeth Butler is very talented, and she's going to be walking everyone through it. 
Thank you to Tyler for coming on, and you enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe. Cheers.